Well, a big welcome to uh, those who are watching or listening online. So glad you can be a part of the service today. And church, would we say a big hello to those who are uh, watching. Great to have you as part of the service. And just a little reminder that we've got uh, that Kickstarter thing going on. If you don't know what it is, I'll, I'll get, if I can, Catherine to put something on the uh, Facebook page today where you can click on it. We need to raise $15,000 to uh, put together the church album. So vast that right across New Life, all your friends, family, pals, buddies, whatever. So far, we've got $8,000 has come in. So uh, we've got five days to raise the uh, uh, the remain seven seven thousand dollars whatever it's left here yeah, maths is terrible but um, whatever has got to uh, come in now we need it so if any little bit helps uh, if you can do something for us that would be absolutely fantastic that will allow us to take the original songs we've got a hill song from uh, an engineer from hill song who's ready to fly over and put it all together and so we need to uh, make that happen. And so we're in the middle of a, a series. There's a little hum. I, I don't know, Matt, where that's coming from. You've probably heard it. You're working on it. But um, there's just a little hum in the background. Don't know where it's from, whether it's from an amp or whatever. But we're in the middle of a series called The Christian And. And we're looking at basically uh, three topics, three topics. Uh, last week, we did The Christian and success. And the next time I speak, I aren't speaking next week. Pastor Neil will be doing next week. I'll be speaking the week after that. I'll be doing the third part, which is the Christian and alcohol. We need to talk about it because Christmas is coming up and it is the season to be jolly for la 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 la. So we need to, we, we need to talk about that. Haven't talked about that for uh, probably uh, 10 years or uh, so. But today we're talking about the Christian and abortion, the Christian and abortion. Now, I'm, I, I'm aware as we get into this today, this is a sensitive uh, topic and it is one that I do want to handle uh, with, with care because you may be here and this topic may be a part of your story. It may be a part of something that has affected uh, your life from different ways, from family members, or maybe uh, directly affected you yourself in some way or in some form. And so I do want to be sensitive if that is a part of your story. And also to say uh, here today, this is not a, a finger-pointing session or a, a blame-pointing uh, session. We, we've got to understand if it is part of your story, we are redeemed through Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. The blood of Jesus. That's a part of our story. He takes our mess and makes it a message, and, and, and he can transform us and change uh, things around uh, in our lives. But, but like I say, this is not a finger-pointing session or a blame. We're not playing the blame game this is this is really about help me understand help me understand when when we come to this area of abortion there is a lot to understand probably more than i can i can say in the 30 minutes of time that we have uh to gather and i just want to say this is this is i'm not going to be showing any gory pictures or anything like that i just want us to think a little about this subject and, and, and I guess get a better understanding by the time we walk out of here uh, to today. And so let's dive in, right? Let's dive. You ready? Yeah. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, toughen up. Come on, here we go. Here we go. We've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. 
So we're talking about the Christian and abortion. I'm not talking about the world's opinion. Okay, they've got their opinion. I'm talking about you. If you're a Christian today, I'm talking about the Christian and our view, if you like. And again, some might have differing views in here. That's okay. I've got the mic, so I'm going to do and say what I think. So, so, so we're talking about for the Christian, number one, number one, the first thing I want to establish is that human life is sacred. For the Christian, the human life is sacred, all human life. Now, why do we think that? Simply because in a nutshell, the Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God. It's not rocket science. It's not some big complicated thing. We believe that because the Bible teaches that we are made in the image of God. And Genesis, which basically means beginnings, the book of Genesis in the Bible is the book of beginnings. It tells us in the very first chapter, it says in chapter, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. goes on to say, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Now, there are many other scriptures that would, uh, 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 we could give to that. Perhaps another one is Psalm 139, verse 15. And it says this, it says, For you created my inmost being. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. It doesn't mean that God was in there knitting or uh, doing that, but just that God played a part in creation and the creation process. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. And it goes on to say this in verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. So from a biblical and theological base, human life is sacred. In other words, we have value. We have value. And I'm, I think most people on the planet would agree with that, whether you're a Christian or not. And I say that because our laws reflect that. Our laws reflect that we have value. Most people will say that from the moment we are born to the day we die, we have human rights. We have human, because we have value, we have human, human rights. And so New, New, New Zealand lawmakers are working very hard to protect those human rights. We, we hear with shock and horror in New Zealand about child abuse and domestic violence and all those kind of things. And so the lawmakers are trying very hard to uh, 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 protect children and uh, protect families from all those type of things. In fact, this week uh, going into Wellington and we turned on the radio, we caught a bit of the news and it talked about a, a three-month uh, uh, year old baby that had passed away and uh, the death was suspicious. And, and so something had obviously gone on or happened there to uh, uh, cause that. And, and of course, the, the news reporter was in shock and in and, and horror. He was saying, this is just terrible. This and, and all of us and the whole country would agree with that. 
You know, we all remember baby Kahu. We all remember those, those, those moments where, where, where a father would shake a child to death because he wants to get on the PlayStation and the child, is, the, the nation looks with horror at those moments. And there is a, such an outcry that uh, people will say, justice needs to be done. And so anything like that, we, we, we treat it as murder and they need to pay. We, everyone agrees. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. Everyone says that person needs to pay. They need to go to prison. No one, no one really disputes, disputes that. Pretty much everyone agrees that life has intrinsic value upon birth. Pretty much everyone agrees that. But, but what about before birth? After birth, human rights. Before birth... No human rights. After birth, human rights. Before birth, no. Well, what about before? What happens that gives the child human rights afterwards, before, but not before? Well, watch this video and it might give us some answers to that question if we can run that first clip. Human rights. You may think you've always had yours. But you would be wrong. So how did you get your human rights? From the magical birth canal, of course. Disclaimer, birth canal is not the size of an actual birth canal. Just saying. Before the baby or fetus is born, it is not a human being. Clearly. But as it passes through the birth canal, something amazing happens that transforms it into a person with human rights. Observe. Not a person. Not a person. Not a person. Coming out the other end. A person! Human rights! Congratulations, you now have value. Can't say the same for this one. So what exactly happens in the birth canal that causes this magical transformation? No one knows. But popular scientific theories include fairies, aliens, or of course, a mini Big Bang. I think it's fairies. No human rights? Human rights. No human rights? Human rights. Makes sense. Thanks, Magical Birth Canal. Science, logic, magic, human rights. What if it's a C-section? See, for me, this is a cheeky, cheeky video that illustrates the craziness of it all. That video is made in Canada, Canada where, where there is no abortion law, no law at all, which means you can have an abortion right up to the moment of birth in Canada. You can do a partial birth uh, abortion where as long as uh, the fetus has its head in the magical birth canal, they can perform an abortion, even if the rest of the baby is out. If the baby's head comes out, it's a homicide. If the head is in, it's an abortion. And, and uh, uh, the head is in, no human rights. The head is out, human rights. That video demonstrates the craziness of it all. And so what we are discussing today involves only the first nine months of a baby's life. After birth, the baby, we know, is, is, 
is protected as we all are. And I, I, I say baby because that's what it is. It's a baby. Number one, human life is sa- sacred. Number two, it's a baby. It's a baby. Uh, Gia and Jeremy are pregnant and uh, we're all excited about uh, uh, that. But when they came and told us, they did not rush into the room and go, Hey, guess what? We're having a fetus. They said, we're having a baby. See, it's only a fetus if you don't want it. It's only a fetus if you don't want it. I looked on to the New Zealand Abortion Services website as I was doing research for this, and I, I found it was not a shock, it was not a surprise, but it just confirmed what I would already think, that there was no mention of the word baby. It says, when it talked about the procedure, it says, this is what we'll do, we'll remove the contents of the uterus. The fetus, the placenta, uh, another term they uh, used is we will remove the pregnancy tissue. It's just tissue. We will remove the pregnancy tissue or it's a termination of pregnancy. You know, you got that blue line on that little test you did. We can remove the blue line. We can sort that out for you. In fact, the way they describe the whole procedure is they say this, and, and this is just taken from, directly from the website, you will feel it as a short-lasting, unpleasant sensation like local anesthetic used by the dentist. The inference being is it's just like pulling a tooth out. It's just a simple medical procedure. And of course, we know, I know why we won't use the word baby because the last thing you want to do is is for people to get the crazy idea that they're actually hurting another human being, right? Because that, that's not nice. And so the last thing you would want them to do is to, 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 to think that it's actually a baby. Because if it, if it is a baby, we have to ask the question, should we be killing it? People say it's a fetus. Well, the, the Latin root for the, the word fetus actually means little one. Little one. Little one. Friends, I want to tell you. The Prime Minister is telling us it's just a health issue if it's just a bit of tissue. But I want to tell you it's not a bit of tissue. I want to tell you it's a baby. It's a baby. Now I know some will say, but out there in the world, and maybe, I don't know, some here even, I don't know how everyone thinks, but maybe some will say, even if it is a baby, as one of the t-shirts says, it's not your body, so it's not your decision. Which leads me to the third thing, choice. Who has the right to decide? Advocates of abortion will say and do say, keep your rosaries off my ovaries. Keep your theology off my biology. Keep your politics out of my uterus. After all, and especially to someone like me, you're a man, you have no say in this plan. But does that make sense, really? Really, must... must I be silent? Must you be, be silent, really? Because we're not directly involved. Watch the second little clip. Let's play that. 
This is Jonathan. Jonathan is a man. Jonathan has no say about what happens to tiny humans before they're born because Jonathan does not have a uterus. Just saying. Just like with any human rights violation, if you're not directly involved, then you can't have an opinion. Take slavery, for example. Are you a slave, Jonathan? Are you a slave owner? Do you think slavery is wrong? Ah, ah, ah. You can't have an opinion. So, obviously, when it comes to the treatment of tiny humans in the womb, unless you have a uterus, or you're a tiny human living in a uterus, you can't have an opinion. I know. Makes sense, right? This works out well, because tiny humans in the womb can't voice their opinions. They'll figure it out. If you don't have one of these bad boys, er, girls, when it comes to killing tiny humans before they're born, And besides, men don't have anything to do with reproduction. Come on. They say my body, my choice. But again, is that really true? Now don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm for women or, any, or anyone having the right or choice to do whatever they want with themselves or whatever. I, I, I'm okay with that, but when it comes to this issue, this issue, my my struggle is the baby is not your body. The baby is a body inside your body. The baby is somebody, another body inside your body. A, a little one, a little innocent body who can't speak, who who can't fight back, who can't protest. So who will be its voice? Who will speak out? I saw this, this cartoon. If you could just put that, put that cartoon uh, or that picture up that we have there. Just the, the fact that the baby can't speak. It's like, help. Who will speak up for me? Who will, who will, who will shout out? I can't shout. Who will shout for me? My body, my choice? I mean, really? Is that really the truth? Watch this next video, this next clip. There's a body inside my body. Hashtag pregnant. I think that now is the perfect time to address my body, my choice. The problem with this catchy little phrase is that it's wrong because science I'm going to get really scientific on you for a second, so bear with me. My body does not have two heads, four arms, or 20 toes. Mm -hmm. Just saying. If I were to get an abortion right now, I wouldn't be aborting my own body. I'd be aborting the body inside my body. But don't worry. I'm not suggesting that we ditch this little saying altogether. Let's not be extreme. I'm just suggesting that we update it to reflect reality. Instead of my body, my choice, what we should be saying is our bodies, my choice. Because when you're pregnant, as the larger, stronger body, it's totally up to you about what happens to the smaller, weaker body inside your body. Because that's fair. That's what human rights are all about. So there you go. Our bodies, my choice. It might not sound as nice, but at least it's accurate. Oh! I just got kicked by my third foot that's in my uterus. 
If it's really a baby, if it really is a baby, is it right or is it moral? Some people will say, of course, that it's legal. It's legal. I mean, what's the problem? It's legal, but so was slavery. So was segregation. So was apartheid. There's been many things throughout history that are legal. I just want to tell you, just because something is legal, it doesn't make it right. So if it's a baby, is it moral to end its, its life? Is that the, the right thing to do? Should we be doing that? Is it only about the woman's right? Is it only her decision? Should other people have the privilege of being involved in that process? Because, friends, just because something is legal, and like I say, I, in the time that we have today, we can't, I'm not showing you the, the, the grim realities of abortion. I'm not showing horrible pictures. You can YouTube yourself for all, all you want and find out all the information about what actually happens, the terrible stuff that happens during the course of an abortion. That's not what this is about. This is basically establishing for you to help you think, if it's a baby, should we be killing it? Is it moral? Is it the right thing to do? Well, it's legal. Well, just because something is legal doesn't make it right. Think about it. Let's watch this clip. It'll help us process that from Dennis Prager. If we can play that, that clip. Let's talk about one of the most emotionally charged subjects there is. Abortion. But in an unemotional way. Also, let's not touch on the question that most preoccupies discussion of the subject, whether abortion should be legal or illegal. The only question here is the moral one. Is ending the life of a human fetus moral? Let's begin with this question. Does the human fetus have any value and any rights? Now, it's a scientific fact that a human fetus is human life. Those who argue that the human fetus has no rights say that a fetus is not a person. But even if you believe that, it doesn't mean the fetus has no intrinsic value or no rights. There are many living beings that are not persons that have both value and rights. Dogs and other animals, for example. And that's moral argument number one. A living being doesn't have to be a person in order to have intrinsic moral value and rights. When challenged with this argument, people usually change the subject to the rights of the mother, meaning the right of a mother to end her fetus's life under any circumstance, for any reason, and at any time in her pregnancy. Is that moral? It is only if we believe that the human fetus has no intrinsic worth. But in most cases, nearly everyone believes that the human fetus has essentially infinite worth and an almost absolute right to live. When? When a pregnant woman wants to give birth. Then, society and its laws regard the fetus as so valuable that if someone were to kill that fetus, that person could be prosecuted for homicide. Only if a pregnant woman doesn't want to give birth 
do many people regard the fetus as worthless. Now, does that make sense? It doesn't seem to. Either a human fetus has worth, or it doesn't. And this is moral argument number two. On what moral grounds does the mother alone decide a fetus's worth? We certainly don't do that with regard to a newborn child. It is society, not the mother or the father, that determines whether a newborn child has worth and a right to live. So the question is, why should that be different before the human being is born? Why does one person, a mother, get to determine whether that being has any right to live? People respond by saying that a woman has the right to control her body. Now, that is entirely correct. The problem here, however, is that the fetus is not her body. It is in her body. It is a separate body. And that's moral argument number three. No one ever asks a pregnant woman, how's your body, when asking about the fetus? People ask, how's the baby? Moral argument number four. Virtually everyone agrees that the moment the baby comes out of the womb, killing the baby is murder. But deliberately killing it a few months before birth is considered no more morally problematic than extracting a tooth. How does that make sense? And finally, moral argument number five. Aren't there instances in which just about everyone, even among those who are pro-choice, would acknowledge that an abortion might not be moral? For example, would it be moral to abort a female fetus solely because the mother prefers boys to girls, as has happened millions of times in China and elsewhere? And one more example. Let's say science develops a method of determining whether a child in the womb is gay or straight. Would it be moral to kill a gay fetus because the mother didn't want a gay child? People may offer practical reasons not to criminalize all abortions. People may differ about when personhood begins and about the morality of abortion after rape or incest. But with regard to the vast majority of abortions, those of healthy women aborting a healthy fetus, let's be clear. Most of these abortions just aren't moral. Good societies can survive people doing immoral things. But a good society cannot survive if it calls immoral things moral. I'm Dennis Prager. Makes you think. I know there might be some will say, what about the dilemma of somebody being raped and becoming pregnant and I'd encourage you to go to that uh, website, uh, Choice for Two, that we show those shorter videos on and look for the story of Louise, who faced that exact same situation, was raped and became pregnant and decided to keep the baby. It's a powerful, we didn't have time to show it in this 30 minutes that we have, but, but I'd encourage you to do that and go and hear her story, how her choice to keep the child has ended up for her being a blessing.
And I can't, you know, speak for every situation because we don't know. But as Dennis Prager said, said on the video, most of the abortions that take place, that is not because of rape or abuse. It's, that's like 0.0 something kind of percent. It's, it's so minimal. It's basically people making a choice. In New Zealand since 1977, when the Contraception, Sterilization and Abortion Act was introduced, 500,000 little ones. 500,000 little ones' heartbeats have been stopped through abortion. In the United States, since abortion was legalized in 1973, since then, 55 million little ones' hearts have been snuffed out. It's not a health issue. It's not just a bit of tissue. It's a baby. And to be honest, it's a matter of life and death. And all I'm saying is we should choose life. What can we do? Well, I know next week at Parliament, people are gathering in a march for life because the government is trying to change the law. At December at the Civic Centre at 2 p.m., they're going to march through the streets there. Maybe I'm away next weekend, but... But maybe that's something you want to join to. There's some pamphlets that have been on your cars over the last couple of weeks. But maybe that's one way of taking a stand. And letting the government know that it's not okay. Because if we don't speak up, who will? And yeah, they'll think these pro-life people are crazies. And they'll always pick the crazies to go and interview and stop. Oh, hey, again, if you want to rescue someone who can't speak or who doesn't have a voice, maybe, maybe we've got to do whatever it takes. I'm not talking about violence and all that type of some of that stuff's just, it is crazy. But we need to understand if it is a baby, it's probably not okay to kill it. It should be our dark job to try and save it. And of course, compassion on the mom who's battling and maybe caught in a situation where she feels she can't get out of or pressurized to be able to somehow help them find a way through it all, whether it be adoption, whether it be whatever. Again, as Christians, we've got to have love for, for, for everyone. Like I said, it's not about pointing fingers. It's just about getting us an understanding. And it's important that we speak, speak up. Is that okay? Yeah. We're coming up to Christmas. And the Christmas story, there's a part where, you know, the Magi, they... They visit Herod, Herod, 
And as they visit him, they are telling him about a king who's going to be born. And the Magi, they sense something is wrong. They go off to look for, for Jesus. But when Herod, the king, realizes that, when he realizes, man, those guys have taken off. They've, they, they, they've done a runner on me. He gives an order. He issues a decree that every male child in that area, that their lives would be snuffed up. So he sent his soldiers and they, they killed basically every child. pregnant. They, they killed children. Why? To stop the destiny of the one who was to become king. All the days of your life are written in a book. We have to understand we have an enemy. He's trying to stop God's destiny being brought forth in our lives. There will be people in this room. You're here today because your mother made a choice to say, I love you and I will keep you. And it doesn't mean life's gone easy. But you're breathing today because of that choice. The enemy seeks to destroy destiny destroy purpose and if he can do it in the womb to 500,000 Kiwi kids to 55 million American kids something somebody needs to say hey that's wrong I know what each one thinks in this place but I pray this has at least stirred your thought processes and your heart. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. Friend, I want to tell you, the Bible calls us God's children. We're His children. I want to tell you, He hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't forgotten you. Maybe you're here today and you're going, man, I just feel like I'm cut off I feel like I'm lost I feel like my life's been aborted and maybe miscarried and just gone off course if you're here today yeah, feeling like that I, 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 I know I know that feeling because I was in that same place but I want to tell you, there's a God in heaven who loves you, who calls you his child. And maybe today, even as I'm speaking, you can sense him calling, knocking on the door of your heart. And if you would open that door, he will come in. Maybe you're going, oh, God can never love a person like me. You don't know how bad I am, friend. I want to remind you. The gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good he is. He's our heavenly father and he loves us. And He loves you. And He wants to shed that love into our hearts. If you're here today and you're going, man, I need to get right with God. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that says, come and live inside me, King of kings and Lord of lords. Help me to do life right. Help me to do life better come and be king of my life. If you are here today and you're saying, that's me, I need to get right with God today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, 
If that's you and you want to be included in that prayer, would you just put your hand up and say, that's me. I need to get right with you. I need to be included in that prayer. Is there anyone here today? You just know that you need thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get just right and thank you down the back. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. I don't want to rush the moment. Hallelujah. Let's just pray for those who put their hand up today. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. I would ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I turn from them and repent. I ask God that you would come and be King of my life. Not just my Savior, but my Lord. From this day forth, this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just thank Jesus for those who said yes?